Meditation und Mahakali. She has three eyes and all her limbs are ornamented. I meditate on that goddess, blue like sapphire, whom Brahma praised in order to destroy demons Madhu and Kaitaba when Lord Vishnu was in his mystic sleep. Chapter 1 Savarni, who is Surya's son, is called the eighth Manu. Listen while I relate the story of his birth and of how, by Mahamaya's grace, he, the illustrious son of the sun god, came to be the lord of an age. Long ago, in the age of the Manu Swarochisha, there arose from the line of Chaitra a king named Surata, who ruled over the whole earth. He looked after his subjects justly, as if they were his own children. But there were princes at that time who attacked the native hill tribes and became his enemies. Though mightily armed and resolved to fight against them, he suffered defeat in battle, despite his enemies' inferior forces. And so, with only his native province left to rule, he returned to his own city. But there, powerful adversaries set upon him, the illustrious Surata, now bereft of strength. His ministers, mighty, corrupted and disposed to evil, seized power and plundered the treasury even there in his own city.
thus robbed of his dominion. The king mounted his horse on the pretext of hunting and rode off alone into the dense forest. He came upon the hermitage of Medas, the great sage, and beheld a forest retreat graced by the sage's disciples. There he saw beasts, once wild, now peacefully abiding. Welcomed by the sage, he remained at the hermitage for some time, wandering here and there about the enclosure. In that setting, self-centered concerns came to seize his mind and he reflected. I have left behind the capital that my ancestors governed before me. Are my perverse officials overseeing it justly or not? My prized elephant, valiant and of unceasing prowess, has fallen into the hands of my enemies. I know not what comforts he'll now enjoy. Those retainers of mine constantly eager for favor, wealth, and feasting, now surely submit to other lords. Their habitual squandering will soon deplete the wealth I so laboriously amassed. While pondering those and other questions, the king caught sight of a lone merchant approaching the sage's hermitage. Who are you? he asked. And what brings you here? Why do you look so sorrowful and dejected? Hearing the king speak in friendship, the merchant bowed respectfully and replied, I am a merchant named Samadhi, born in a wealthy family. My wife and children grew wicked through avarice and cast me out. Destitute of riches, wife and children, my wealth taken from me. I have arrived in the forest, distressed and forsaken by trusted kinsmen. Being here, I know not whether good fortune or ill has befallen my children, wife and family. At present, is well-being or misfortune theirs at home? How are my children? Is their behavior virtuous or vile? The king said, those greedy sons, wife, and others who dispossessed you of your wealth, why does your mind still cherish them? Merchant replied, Even as you say it, this very thought occurs to me. But what can I do? My heart is not inclined to rancor, but still turns with affection to those who drove me away. 
scorning love for father, husband and kinsmen out of lust for wealth. I recognize this. Still, I do not understand how my thoughts are drawn in love to my unworthy kinsfolk. Because of them, I sigh, overcome with despair. What can I do, since the pain has failed to harden my heart? Then together they approached the sage, that merchant named Samadhi and King Surata. Having observed the respect that was the sage's due, the merchant and the king sat down to tell their stories. The king said, Revered sir, I wish to ask you one thing. Please reply. Without control of my thoughts, my mind is coming to grief. I remain possessive toward my lost kingdom and all parts of the realm as if unaware that they are no longer mine. Venerable sage, how can this be? And this fellow has been humiliated by his children and wife, deserted by his servants and forsaken by his own people. Still, he feels exceeding affection for them. It is the same with me. We both are distressed to the utmost held by attachment to things, even though we see their faults. O oh, sage, how is it that we who should know better can be so deluded? Ours is the perplexity of those who are blind to right understanding. Sage Medas replied, Illustrious King, through the perception of the senses, every living being has knowledge of the manifest universe. The objects of sense perception reveal themselves in various ways. Some creatures are blind by day and others are blind by night. Some creatures see equally by day and night. Truly, humans are endowed with the power of perception, but they are not alone. For cattle, birds, wild animals and all other living creatures also perceive. That awareness which humans have, birds and beasts possess also and their awareness humans have too. In other ways, also the two are similar. Now, look at these birds. Though feeling the pangs of hunger, out of delusion they still busy themselves by dropping food into the beaks of their young. Humans also long for offspring, surely expecting gratitude in return.
Do you not see this? In this very manner, they are hurled into the whirlpool of attachment, the pit of delusion, by the power of Mahamaya, who produces the continuing cycle of this transitory world. Do not be astonished. This same Mahamaya is Yoga Nidra, the meditative sleep of Vishnu, the Lord of the world. By her, this world is deluded. She, the great goddess Mahamaya, seizes the minds of even the wise and draws them into delusion. She creates all this universe, moving and unmoving. And it is she who graciously bestows liberation on humanity. She is the supreme knowledge and the eternal cause of liberation. Even as she is the cause of bondage to this transitory existence. She is the sovereign of all lords. The king said, Revered sir, who is that goddess whom you call Mahamaya? How did she originate and in what ways does she act? What is her glory? And what is her form and origin? I wish to learn that from you. Sage Medhas said, She is eternal, having the world as her form. She pervades all this. And yet, she emerges in various ways. Hear about it from me. Although she is eternal, when she manifests to support the gods, she is said to be born in the world. Listen attentively. At the end of the cosmic day, when the universe dissolved into the primordial ocean, the blessed Lord Vishnu stretched out on the serpent Shesha and entered into meditative sleep. Then two fearsome Asuras, Madhu and Kaitaba, issued forth from the walks in Lord Vishnu's ears, intent on slaying Brahma, who was seated on the lotus that grew from Lord Vishnu's navel. When Brahma saw the raging Asuras and Lord Vishnu asleep, he could think of nothing but to awaken him. And to that end, he extolled Yoga Nidra, who had settled over Vishnu's eyes as his blessed sleep. Lord Brahma extolled her who rules the universe, who sustains and dissolves it. He extolled her who is incomparable. 
O imperishable, eternal one. Truly you abide as the transcendent being. In every moment you abide, inseparable and inexpressible, as the eternal source of all becoming. You are Savitri, the source of all purity and protection. You are the Supreme Mother of Gods. By you is this universe supported, of you is this world born. By you is it protected, O Goddess. It is you who consume it at the end. Visrishto srishti rupatam stiti rupachapalane tatasam hriti rupande jagatusya jagan You are the creative force at the world's birth and its sustenance for as long as it endures. Even at the end of this world you appear as its dissolution, you who encompass it all. Mahavidya Mahamaya Mahamedha Mahasmritihi Mahamohacha Bhavati Mahadevi Mahasuri You are the great knowledge and the great illusion the great intelligence, the great memory, and the great delusion, the great goddess, and the great demoness. 
differentiated by the three gunas. You are the dark night of periodic dissolution, the great night of final dissolution, and the terrifying night of delusion. You are radiant splendor. You reign supreme, yet are unassuming. You are the light of understanding. Modesty are you and prosperity. Contentment, tranquility, and forbearance. Khadgini shulini ghora, gadini chakrini tatha, shankini chapini bana, bhushundi parighayudha. Armed with sword and spear, with club and discus, waging war with conch, bow and arrows, sling and iron mace, you inspire dread. Saumya saumya tarashishas, saumya myastvati sundari, para para nam parama tvameva parameshwari and yet you are pleasing more gentle and pleasing than all else that is pleasing and so exceedingly beautiful Transcending both highest and lowest, you are indeed the Supreme Sovereign. Yajakinjit kwajit vastu sada sadhakilatmike tasya sarvasya yashakti satvam kimstu yasemaya. Whatever exists, true or untrue, and wherever it may be, O soul of everything, you are the power of all that. How can I praise you? Yaya Tvaya Jagat Srishta Jagat Patati Jagat 
By you, even he who creates, protects and devours the world is subdued with sleep. Who can truly praise you? Vishnu Sharira Grahanam Ahamishana Evaja Karitaste Yatotastam Kastutum Shakti Monbhavet You have caused even Vishnu, Shiva and myself to assume our embodied forms. Who then can truly praise you? Sattva mittam prabhavaisvair Udarer dhevi samstuta Mohaito duradharsho Asuro madhukaitabho Das extolled O Devi, may you with your exalted powers confound those unassailable asuras, Madhu and Kaitaba. Prabodhamcha Jagat Swami Nihatam Machutolagu Bhodashchakriyatamasya let Vishnu, the Lord of the world, be quickly awakened from his slumber and be roused to slay those two great Asuras. Praised us by the Creator, to rouse Vishnu into slaying Madhu and Kaitaba. Then and there, the dark goddess emerged from his eyes, mouth and nostrils, from his arms, heart and chest, and appeared before Brahma, who is born from the unmanifest. Released by her, Lord Vishnu, the Lord of the world arose from his serpent couch on the undifferentiated ocean and beheld the evil-natured Madhu and Kaitaba, exceedingly strong and courageous, seeing red with anger and determined to devour Brahma. Then the blessed, all-pervading Vishnu rose up and fought with them in hand-to-hand -hand combat for five thousand years. Then Madhu and Kaitaba, mad with the arrogance of power and confounded by Mahamaya, exclaimed to Vishnu, Ask a boon from us. Lord Vishnu said, 
Since you are pleased with me, so be it. I will surely slay both of you now. What other boon is there to ask? Thus deceived, and beholding that the world consisted entirely of water, they addressed the lotus-eyed Vishnu, saying, Slay us where water does not flood the earth. So be it, said Vishnu, the wielder of conch, discus and mace. Taking the two of them onto his lap, he cut off their heads with his discus. Thus did the Devi herself appear when praised by Brahma. Hear still more of her glory, which I will tell you now.